Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Bent with the Chris and Sandy Show. We get up close and personal with some amazing guests throughout the entertainment industry. And today, like I say on every episode, we have a great one for you. Who do we have? We have Lisa Drew with us today. She is an actress, producer, and entrepreneur. You can catch her in the film Time for Them to Come Home for Christmas, which was executive produced by Blake Shelton. The movie will premiere on Hallmark Movies and Mysteries on November 27th. She will also star in the upcoming Lifetime movie, Christmas with the Crown, which she executive produced, and that will premiere on December the 8th. And we're excited to talk to her about that yes, and, and her life more. and more. Yes. Welcome to the show. Welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. It's our pleasure. Yes. I always like to start the show out the same way. Um, as you know, the last 18 months has been rough for a lot of people, especially <laughs> entertainment. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, so how has COVID affected what you do and what have you done to get through this? Well, uh, full disclosure, I had a baby. I oh, figured wow. if it was going to be a year to take time off, I was like, this is kind of brilliant. And yeah. right? We already right. had good timing there. Such a crazy idea in the pandemic, but we already had one and she was coming right. up to that. We were hoping that it all lined up that she'd be around two and we had the second one. And yeah, I, I think also quarantining a lot of wine. We went, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so definitely had a baby. Uh, I myself have a film training studio back home in, I'm just outside of Vancouver, Canada. And mm -hmm. so the studio, we were able to keep it open because it does uh, qualify as a school. So oh, wow. okay. the studio, I mean, we had social distancing and masks and all of that. Oh, of and, but we mm -hmm. were able to run during the pandemic. So we were quite busy with the, <laughs> with the school slash studio. And uh yeah. And then with having the baby, I think how it really affected me entertainment business wise, is I just got really careful about what I was willing to do and not do. And I ended up taking yeah. quite a bit of time off because with a newbie, like it wasn't the place to be on set, even yeah. though there was yeah. and all that. It just, I went once and I went, mm, I'm good for a while. <laughs> yeah. And so I took quite a bit of time off, but I don't know, you know, it affects everyone differently, but I had a really great experience, which is probably not what everybody wants to hear but i you know i had the horn we like to hear all the experiences because <laughs> we've had a great experience too because we launched we our show january of 2020. so smart right like so, yeah, smart. Right, so right it before, so yeah. it was like you know our original plan was to do maybe 100 interviews our first year we thought that'd be a great foundation and that's then a lot that's a lot <laughs> and then COVID guys. happens and, and we thought it was a lot we thought that would be pushing oh, it yeah that's a lot and the then when time. COVID happened i told sandy you know we we need to step this thing up because right. um every everybody's <laughs> gonna have time to come on our show now. You, you know, know, you're a competitive human when that was your instinct. It wasn't like <laughs> the world's in chaos. You're like, dude, we gotta step it up. <laughs> and and because of that, we're you know, we last year we did over 300 interviews and we're over almost 500 now. Congrats, that's awesome. So, that's, that's so we did step it up. Yeah, yeah, good for you. Good for you. Pandemic was good for you. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I said, you know, we, you know, yeah. we couldn't, you know, like I told Sandy at the beginning of that, I was like, well, we can't change a pandemic. Right. All we can do is, you know what? Make the best. Make the best of it. Yeah. And, and we given. just said, you know what? We're at home anyway, because that's yeah. what, how we do the podcast and all that. Let's yeah. just make the best of it and get every, many people we can on the show. Good for you, too. So, you know, a lot of people would ask, when did you know you wanted to become an actress? I like to go deeper than that. When did it click that Ooh. this could be a career? Oh, good question. 
I didn't really ever know I wanted to be an actress. I genuinely was going to be a, an athletic therapist. Oh, wow. I was, yeah, I was going away to school to play hockey when I was, well, for university, for college. I was going to mm -hmm. Minnesota. But I kept dislocating my shoulder in my grade 12 mm -hmm. year. And so mm -hmm. my mom just suggested taking some easy classes. I'm from Winnipeg originally. I'm not sure if you know where that is. Pretty yeah. much straight yeah. up from Minnesota. Uh, and okay. so I just thought if I took a couple easy classes and got my shoulder fixed, it would be more beneficial going away to play hockey later as opposed to being on the bench the whole time. And mm -hmm. so I took an easy, easy theater class and fell in love. Like it was just one of those moments. I remember sitting watching Chorus Line because we had to do, I was such a geek for, like I did my homework, all that. I was that person. And so <laughs> those studios go to, you know, go to see this um, show that I have to do this review on. And yeah. I uh, I remember seeing this girl, her name's Amanda Haynes. She's a teacher. I think she was a musical theater teacher back in Winnipeg. And she was playing this character because it was just the local stock musical theater company. And and mm -hmm. she was playing that, uh, I think it's Val, Dance 10 Looks 3. Tits and Ass is the name of the song in Chorus Line. <laughs> it was fan kicking yeah. and salting oh, her wow. out. And I was like, whoa, I want to do that. And my boyfriend at the time <laughs> was like, yeah, okay, sure. And then I went home <laughs> to my parents and my mom went, yeah, you and three million other people. <laughs> So the first mm -hmm. time I got a big check wow. for thing, I was like, just put it on the fridge. <laughs> uh, yes, yes. Like, Me and three million other people. So yeah, I just it just really clicked. And I, I resonated more with the theater, musical theater. I think the athleticism behind it. Mm -hmm. I never really got to that dance level, but it was just the challenge of it. So I went home and took, I ditched the hockey scholarship. And I suddenly started doing wow. nine hours of dance a week, a few hours of singing, enrolled full-time in the musical theater program, or theater program, pardon me, and just kind of worked my way up. And then was right place, right time. I was in a musical or a stage combat class. And the stunt coordinator for Manitoba Film was the teacher. He got me into stunt work even before I really got into the uh, principal acting, as you would call it. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah, it just kind of went from there. But <laughs> so you snuck in the back door, basically. <laughs> and, and I was old by standards. I was already yeah. like 18, 19, going to dance classes with five year olds. Like that was <laughs> a very humbling part of my life. <laughs> so, yeah, I, but I just knew something in my brain just went, this is so insanely challenging. And I, I'm going to go from this world that was completely opposite. Um, way of life yeah. So yeah. to now suddenly, boom, I'm going to the arts, which is just so awesome, but extremely difficult. Yeah. So it was, uh, yeah, it was <clears throat> that, sitting watching Chorus Line and I went, huh, this. Is it? Yeah. I, I love that story. Oh, and I love that you did it, even though your mom kind of didn't back you on the idea. Because again, <laughs> yeah. I, I like to hear stories like that because I want parents to, when they're watching because yeah. we bring a lot of child actors on our show. Oh, we do. Yeah. And, um, yes. and there's and almost every one of them to, to make it as a child actor has yeah. that has the parents that, that they're I mean, they moved to L.A. and everything to help that child. Yeah. out. And I, I yeah. And so, and so I want people to understand like, just because it's not your dream for your child yeah. doesn't yeah. mean it's not the dream for them. I, I just think if your kids really want to do it, they're going to find a way, regardless of what age they are, they're going yeah. to find a way. And if it, and, and even me having the, the training studio they have, I get asked that a lot by parents. And I just tell them, if your kid really wants to do this, they will tell you, you ever seen a kid that wants something and the parents say no, like they will <laughs> find a way. Cause I get a lot yes. of that. Like the parents are splashing on my Instagram and stuff. And I'm like, your kid will figure it out. Just support them or don't, but they will figure it out. <laughs> 
My parents were cool. They just, I think it was unknown to them. They, my mom was yeah. a school teacher. My dad yeah. had a very, exactly. you know, right. job. So it was very different to them. And a lot of times parents, don't, another thing too, that I think parents don't understand, and this is whether it's in acting or in music, as parents, they see your big stars and then they see the people that's been trying to do it for 20 years and broke. But they don't yeah. realize there's actually many levels in between that yes. where a child can actually create a life and, yeah. and people would never know who they are. Well, it's kind of like if people open a business, they open like a mom and pop shop for, a, you know, you sell your everyday milk, bread, all of that. Mm -hmm. Not every single one of those is going to be on the Forbes what is it? The 500 yeah. list or what exactly. happened? Like, yeah. There's a 2% margin for sure that have that lifestyle, but there's a lot of really successful working store mm -hmm. owners or business yeah. owners. And it's the yeah. same with acting. I think there's just this, this really weird way that we look at it as artists when you're first starting out, that it's like, you need the, you know, the big boom of Hollywood <laughs> and this and that or nothing. And it is a really interesting um, business where there's so many different avenues and so many different ways to have a great life. So I think that comes with time, though. You don't see that. Everyone just sees the flashy part. You don't see the, you know, the business side of it a lot of times or the grinding it out for some people. But, yeah, parents just care. They don't want you to fall on your face. Right? I mean, exactly. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, again, we're not putting parents down here. But, but no. I sometimes, sometimes I think they need to kind of sit back and say, what if yeah. their child is that child? What if? And Exactly. But again, if they are, they will find a way. They're meant to be Natalie Portman. They will be Natalie, Natalie Portman. Right? <laughs> yes. It's going to happen. Just go with it. It, it yeah. just would be easier if they would get the parent support. But like yeah. you said, they'll make it either <laughs> they'll way. They'll still if... do it either way. <laughs> totally. Totally. Um, so what are some hobbies you like to do outside of acting? Well, I'm definitely into sports. I love because I grew up doing that. If there's a sport, then I definitely do it. Like I still love hockey. Um, we got uh, my daughter's getting into soccer. I played a little bit of soccer growing up, not a ton. We love to go hiking. Uh, we just we're big fans of outdoor. My husband and I were big fans of going outdoors. And so we got I don't know if you guys know what a burly is. It's like a little push thing for your kids. There's Thule and then there's Burley. But you can have all kinds of attachments. And we just got the one that you put skis on so you can go cross country skiing and snowshoeing and all of that. And then um, I'm very artistic as well. So I love to draw. I love to paint all that kind of stuff. Pretty much anything artsy I'm a total geek for, which is odd because it's very I'm very athletic, but I'm also very creative that way. Mm -hmm. So anything to do with either, it's a very general statement, but I do a lot. <laughs> right now, yeah. I just love to sleep because I have a two-year-old and a nine-month-old. So there's there's that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, you have a two-and-a-half-year-old and, and a nine-year-old. Nine yeah. Wait, are you two a couple? Yeah, yeah we're married. We're married. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Yeah. I did not put two and two together. So yeah, we've been married 19 years. 19 you years. worked together and you didn't kill each other in the middle of a pandemic. You are <laughs> You know what? You know what's we've funny? Kind of we've been a, we've been a 24 yeah. 7 couple since we married 19 years ago. Yeah. Since oh, I love that. I love so, that term because my husband and I are like that. Like we're very always together, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. love hard, fight hard, all of that, but just always yep. together. Yeah. Well, that's that's and what's life. funny about this is before the pandemic, I mean, through every year we would we would have those people that would say, y'all need to be apart. Y'all need to you depend on each other too much. Yeah, this and that. It's unhealthy. Apart. It's mm -hmm. this and that. We're just like y'all need to we, stay out of my business. <laughs> we home, we homeschool yeah. our, our nine year old. Yes. That, that's oh. also a bad thing from what a lot of. And, and every year we would hear this. And then all of yeah. a sudden the pandemic happens and we're like, looky here. 
here it is. All Wait, these people have told us we yeah, need to live like them. Yeah. And now they're having to live like us. Isn't that crazy though? Like you're, you're genuinely living the way people lived for, for who knows how long. And now everybody's going to have to start to resorting back to that. It's pretty crazy when you think about it. Good for you. Good for you. I mean, I, mean, I we still were, have to walk every now and then if we work together. I mean, time, I can't but... say financially it's been great doing it this well, way, but but, but but we make we it work. work. Been... Yeah, we do whatever it takes. But look how many work. people have so much money and they're not happy. So if you're happy, exactly. that's exactly. right? So you got a roof over your head, you're doing pretty damn good. <laughs> doing what exactly. we love. Yeah. And doing what we love, too. Yes. Yeah, that's fantastic. Oh, now I see why there was that competition of we got to do more because you guys were married. You can push each other that way. <laughs> like, you're really intense for so Yeah, because yeah, yeah, there are times yeah. where I'm on, you know, with this show, you know, I don't care who you are when you're a creative, you always want it to be bigger than it is. Always. Of course. Yeah. But isn't that, isn't that how people succeed, though? Is always Because yep. if you just said, oh, this is cool. It would just kind of then die. Just go, and, and sometimes she has to pull me off that cliff because I'm like, okay, this is not working. It's not going well. It's not. And then I'm on that cliff, like ready to yeah. dive over. Like, okay, it's so over. I'm not like, doing yeah. this. And you're more like right. me. You're more like course. me. You're more like me. Um, and she's more like my husband because my husband's <laughs> the kite to my string or the string to my kite, right? Like the kite's yes. always the one that's like up here, and the string every mm -hmm. now and then is like simmer down. We're going too right. far. But see, there's a place for you and I because I have to pull her up too, you know. Yeah, yeah. Again, you know. Totally. Totally. <laughs> yeah, balances out. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's good though. So but that's how you know you're with the right person, right? Because two kites exactly. wouldn't work, two strings wouldn't work. You would just be chaos. It would. Right. <laughs> well, haven't we got it all figured out? Yay to us. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, and I always tell people, you know, I, I'm not saying, you know, I don't preach that you should be a 24 seven couple. I'm just saying it right. works for us. And, yeah. and a lot of people don't, they, oh, I, they're like, I, I could never do that with my spouse. And I'm like, and I'm always like, have you tried? Well, that's you know? it too. And, and, and again, not everybody has the luxury to be able to do it. They, right. you know, we've created our life so we can do that. Yeah. Um, but again, I get it. You know, but at the same time, don't put down what you don't understand. Because again, I think, I think if yeah. people, because I think in this day and time, what I see in marriages is they don't spend enough time. I'm not saying they got to spend 24 seven. Oh, no. no but but people don't is, spend enough time. There definitely together. is a disconnect. And now with all the, you know, devices we have between oh, what do you have? Like yes. an iPad, a laptop, a computer, a phone. Everything. And then you add kids in the mix. Like there's just yeah. so much time that you don't spend with each other. And my husband, as long as I've known him, we've known each other since we were. 23 he's a little bit younger than me so we were 23 and 26 we met in musical theater wow. class oh, wow. and he always, he always says to me um the biggest the best currency ever is time and that's what we yes. don't tend to think of we think of like financial stability but mm -hmm. he's like if the fact that you can spend time with your kid and still have a roof over your head is more valuable yes. than you know maybe buying a it's funny you say that because like earlier like earlier we went to one of them trampoline parks and how in the middle of the today? day so yeah today yeah, so yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's one of them morning. things that you can't do if you're yeah. always working always working yeah no that's been that's interesting because that's how we've definitely structured our lives is we try very hard to you know he runs another business himself he has an escape room okay. and then um oh, I, I, I have the studio plus we're both into producing and and so it's just a way that you can pick and choose like we work really hard when you're working but we want to be able to 
be there for them because they're only little ones, right? Oh, and I don't want to yes, be that kind of so fast. I think too. sometimes an actor that can be hard because then you might say no to certain things or you might not even, you know, fight for certain things. But at the end of the day, I'm like, my daughter's not going to care if I did one more project. She's going to care that mommy's there to make pancakes or whatever. It is. <laughs> yes, that's like, they it. Care, they couldn't care less. I remember um, that amazing interview, an amazing interview. I think it's the Alec Baldwin podcast with uh, Kristen Bell. Her talking okay. about like her kids couldn't care less that she's on Frozen. <laughs> and you're like, really? <laughs> they don't think it's cool. She's not even allowed to sing to them. And I was like, that's there. You go. That's what humbles you most is your kids. <laughs> like, yes. So that's I love that. Wow. Now we got. I'll talk a little bit about the kind of the great side of this. I like to go the other way and talk sure. about the sacrifice because you know a lot of people they see. Totally the glory behind the big actors, mm -hmm. the glory behind the big yeah. artists, but they don't see yeah. the grind, the sacrifice, the tears, the struggles it takes, not just yeah. to get to the top, but yeah. even a career within entertainment. I always want to talk yeah. about that because it's so tough. So yeah. tell us a little bit about some of the sacrifices and struggles you've had to make to even get here. Well, I think the first thing is just having to move away from my family because the film industry, the way it operates is there's only so many places in North America that you can live that you're going to be really in the game, so to speak. Okay, you know, this idea yes. of, of being you know able to tape from anywhere really just started with the pandemic. It was sort of percolating before, but I don't know how mm -hmm. serious casting would take it. So as mm -hmm. a comedian yeah. being up in Vancouver, we live in this huge hub for film. But, you know, I had to move to Vancouver. So I'm, you know, two days drive or a few hours yeah. flight from family. Oh, uh, so that's a little bit tough. But I think with, you know, the way we have a social media or um, uh, our devices now, pardon me, we're able to connect more with FaceTime, what have yeah. you. So that's mm -hmm. great. But that doesn't replace one-on-one -on -one hugging yeah. your mom, right? Right. So that's been a big one. I was really lucky that Michael, because we met together, uh, pardon me, met and moved together. So that was a nice, I guess, buffer, but it still, it still was hard. Yeah. And then also I nice. got into this later. I was up and I still am against girls who have been doing this and have the relationships with casting, with producers, what have you, since they were six, seven, eight, nine years old. And I started when I was really, I got into it by fluke at 19. That was my first job. You know, I did an MTV movie with all people, Lizzie Kaplan, who's a really successful <laughs> actress, but I didn't know the time, right? It was just like, oh, this girl's cool. Uh, and Brooke Dorsey, who does a ton of Hallmark. But uh, like, I really fluked into it. And then I have always been kind of playing catch up ever since. And so there's there's an element of always having to prove yourself you inevitably will always get typecast because then casting knows where to put you. So then you're always trying to figure out how to get them to see you maybe in a different way. And, and sometimes that's good. And sometimes you realize <laughs> it's not that cool. Like I did a horror show this past year. I don't think it's not coming out yet. So I probably can't really talk about it, but, but I did a horror show, which was very different for me. Mm -hmm. And um, it wasn't as fun because it's so oh, wow. every day. Uh, so this thing that you fight for, you yeah. finally get it. And you're like, Hmm. That's not really amazing. <laughs> Whereas at least if it's comedy or more of the lighthearted genre. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So so I think just always you're always kind of fighting for your next job. And then yeah. um also too, I think it goes back to that idea that wherever you get, that's never essentially enough on some level. Like you always want to strive for more, which mm -hmm. on a positive note keeps moving forward. But then at the same time, you never really feel like you've gotten to where you think you should have gotten by now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even though other people are like, oh, you've done great. And you're like, this is never enough because somebody's always ahead of you. Yes. And we get exactly what you're saying because, you know, 
here it is. You know, people like Bobby Bones have been in radio all their life. Ty Bentley been in radio all their life. Kelly yes, Clarkson, even though she just launched the show, been yeah. in entertainment all her life. Yeah. And here it is. I just turned 50. So we, we found this passion yeah. when I was 48 years old. And it's like, cool so it's like trying to catch it. Like you said, you know, trying to get to know PR companies that can bring our oh, yeah. clients on our show. All and, of it. And all totally. that. And I think we've done a good job of it so far. But like you said, we're always playing catch up. Yeah. But that's always. kind of the fun part, too, is I think there's a certain part or temperament, part of my temperament that thrives on someone saying no to me. Because then suddenly <laughs> it kicks into overdrive. Because I always, a friend of mine says, you always, whenever someone says no to me, there's a little voice in my head that goes, you know, say no to me. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I see it now in my daughter. I'm like, oh, dear God, what are we in for? But it's true. There's just this little part of me that genuinely enjoys. And it's one way that they say no versus, I mean, there you can say no, but it's, it's the way they say it sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, totally. And yeah, I mean, the hard part of the business is there's one, you know, you watch a movie, there's one or two parts that, you know, you might be an option for. And there's probably in total, if it's a bigger show, like 3000 people and everybody wants to be that person. But at the end of the day, only one person can do it. And so it's hard. It's hard not to fault others when they get stuff. And you're like, you have to genuinely be happy for them because no one goes And same with you guys. No one goes into this business to fail. So you have to learn to celebrate other people's successes so that they in return can do the, do the same, same for you when you're doing well. So Exactly. Yeah. I love that. Now, so tell us a little bit about how you got the part on Heartland. Oh man. Um, well that one, that one was really interesting because initially they wanted their description was someone like Jennifer Lawrence. And I just wow. remember thinking like Heartland, you're kind of swinging for the fences on that one. Like that's a big <laughs> big fish to fry. Like, are you sure? Um, but initially they also wouldn't see anybody under five, six, because everybody on that show is insanely, these like insanely tall. Oh, wow. And they're only these gorgeous statues. Like they're just, Mm -hmm. you know, Gabe Hogan, like, uh, Michelle, um, Michelle Morgan, like they're all just very tall. And so, I was by no means in the mix and my agent just kept bugging them and bugging them. And he's like, girl, <laughs> she's got the sassy, like she's got the sassy attitude and, and like this, mm-hmm. this is the temperament that you're looking for. And finally they went, okay, fine. And then we, and then it worked wow. out. But initially I was brought on because one of the characters was looking to leave the show. And I found out very quickly when I was there that she was now wanting back on the show. I'm not sure why she's a sweetheart. And I totally agree. Like she'd been there for mm-hmm. years. So it ended up being um, a little bit different situation than we had thought, but it, it worked out yeah. for the best because oh, wow. for the, the little while that I was there, um, they put me with Gabe Hogan, who I had worked with in Hallmark. And uh-huh. they just saw instantly him and I, I just adore him. Like I always kind of think if I had a big brother, it would be someone like Gabe. We just instantly yeah. hit it off and, and mm-hmm. banter and have fun. So they went, wait a minute let's move her over to this storyline. And then, yeah. And then, so I just found out like everybody else, but I got a phone call saying, Hey, they, they really liked your tape and they're flying you out. And I went, okay, it was cool. It was, it was a a lot of fun. I mean, this, this season, um, it, the storyline went a little bit differently. So it didn't, I wasn't back this year. I wish I was, but I wasn't, but, but I, I see where they're going with it and and they were cool. It totally made sense. And I was like, great. But, but for the few, I loved it. It was awesome. That is amazing. Um, yeah. Now, tell us what you can tell us on the two movies that's coming out. Yes, I know that you, you limit on what you can say, but tell us yes. what you can. Yeah. Um, well, which one do you want to start with? 
let's start with the time, the Blake Shelton one. Yes. And when, how has working with Blake Shelton been? I never got to meet him. I was genuinely so excited. And this is the thing. Whenever you see that someone's an executive producer, they may mm -hmm. show up and, and not not like not to slight him, but yeah. they may oh, show up for a little bit. But a lot of times by the time you start filming, that work that they put in has already been done. Like oh, now it's a case of we've created this thing. We're happy with the content, all the players involved. And now go do your thing, director, producer, people yes. on set. Mm -hmm. um, so I didn't meet him, but I was... Yeah. It was funny because I was so excited when I heard about it. And on Heartland, <laughs> I had worked with Victoria Pratt, who oh, actually yeah. married Trace Atkins and their buddies. And oh, so wow. he had, like, wow. had all the conversation ready if I ran it. Just like, <laughs> you would probably get like three seconds to talk to him. And I thought, what mm -hmm. could, you know, oh, I could just throw out that I, you know, oh, I know. No, I never saw him. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. But but I but I heard he's really great and he's a lovely guy. And the fact that this is I it's the third installment of okay. this. Yeah, the there was no mm -hmm. oh, wow. up to this. Um, the way he's laid this out is really smart, and he's got cameos and he's got all kinds of stuff, and it's a really smart, really well done show. So mm -hmm. it was exciting to be part of it, and. Um, there's still hope. Maybe one day. Like, call me. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Like, Who the hell are you? <laughs> it's like it's like get your agent to push. Totally right. I know. I know. Yeah. So, so no, get, sure. get your people great. to call his people so that you can meet. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Whose people? My people are busy. <laughs> so. So how about the other movie? Talk, yes, talk a little bit Lifetime about that. Movie. The Lifetime one. Yeah, uh, Christmas of the Crown. This one was exciting because it was my very first time executive producing. And oh, awesome. it was something I'd been wanting to do. And if anyone's ever, anyone listening that's getting into producing or has is a producer, it's such a stop-start process for a lot mm -hmm. of people because just when things start, it's always, you know, it's going to happen, it's not going to happen. It's going to happen, it's not going to happen. And so um, it was really nice when this did work out. I had been working on a show with Rachel Lee Cook on Netflix film called oh, Love Guaranteed. And she, we got talking about producing and a camera guy overheard me and said, Hey, I've got this friend who's oh, looking wow. to get the show going. Uh, you should talk to them. They were in Edmonton. And I said, okay, great. And so I met up with a gentleman named Dylan Pierce, probably the nicest man in the world. He's a director. And we met in, at the Whistler film festival and we just kind of laid it all out and, and agreed that we were going to do this. And he was so gracious about walking me through the whole process. Um, and when it came down to it, I learned so much on the show. And then about a couple of weeks before, we still didn't have our male lead because trying to, it's interesting, trying to lock in a male lead for a Christmas movie a certain time of year, they're all locked into everything already. So we uh, learned yeah. you know, kind of the hard way that it's a case of like, you're suddenly going like, who knows who? And one of the producers is like, I know Marcus Rosner. And I was like, he'd be perfect. And so then, <laughs> um, yeah, so then he jumped on board. I think we went to camera in March and he jumped on board in like February. It was crazy. And then, yeah, it was just a labor of love. And it was right wow. before COVID hit. And we just squeaked it out in time. Like the day we finished. Yeah. They locked everything down. Like we just oh, wait wow. out. Wow. Yeah. And at the time we didn't know where it was going to land. We did what's called an acquisition. Yeah. And it was just, it's this great story about, it's kind of, it's cool as an actress because, you know, you always kind of see those Prince Charming movies and I got to make oh, a Prince yes, Charming movie, you know, and Mar and Rosner yes. was such the perfect Prince Charming. Like he just looks oh, yeah. like he's right out of royalty. I mean, you got to create a role for yourself. 
Yeah, totally. And, and so it was, uh, it was just, the whole experience was a lot of fun and it's a, a, you know, it's, it's just a feel good Christmas movie. And, and because Marcus has done this before and I've done this before, it really just was kind of, you know, it's like putting on a pair of shoes that just fit really well. You went, this is great. We're going to, this is going to be awesome. We're going to have a great time. And, and even though the world was kind of going chaotic around us, we were able to finish it. And so we were just super jazzed when Lifetime picked it up. And I think people are really going to like it because I haven't done a lot of hallmarks. I get a lot of questions like, when are you going to be a lead? No, you're not in control of that. I wish you were. So it was a way to just not only, you know, kind of give back to the fans that have been so supportive of me in the hallmark realm and Lifetime mm-hmm. realm. Um, but it was just a great first introduction for me into producing and and learning so much along the way. So that was something that I I definitely fell in love with that side of it mm-hmm. and kind mm-hmm. of steering more towards that as I move forward. Oh, wow. for sure. Definitely yeah. love that. So as you know, a lot of people see the actors, see yourself, but they don't see the teams behind y'all. In our oh, opinion, gosh. the teams never get the love they, they deserve. Don't. On our oh, show. They get some love. So take a few yes, moments to tell important. us about yeah. the team that helped you be who you are. Uh, well, definitely, I have to where to start. My very <coughs> first acting teacher, who deserves all the credit, Annalie Ames. Um, she, you know, kind of smacked the theater out of me with love. Theater's great, but <laughs> you know, it's a different medium, right? It's just, you just got to shift yeah. gears. And so she was fantastic. So Annalie Ames. Thank you for that. My uh, agent, current my current agent, uh, Dylan Collingwood, he puts up with so much for me. I am yeah. constantly texting him, constantly emailing him. Mm-hmm. And he just is, he really is professionally the string to my kite because he keeps me balanced for sure. Yeah. Sometimes I'll, you know, be like, what about Rola? And he'll just answer back, is there a question in there? And I'm like, oh, you're right. <laughs> like, he's just really good for me. And, um, my PR team, a cat's PR in LA, yeah, they're they're awesome. Awesome. Oh, we love so them. fantastic. And then my management team, I'm with Bold in LA, Bold MP, and and Jason and Annalisa and Michael Kalita. They're just they're all so great to me. I'm very very fortunate. But I think the biggest teammate is my husband because no one ever talks about their spouses. Who you're in a weird hotel room in the middle of somewhere trying to do a makeshift you know, camera set up and it's, you know, two mm-hmm. in the morning and I'm calling him after set and he's got to wake up to be the voice on the Skype thing or the Zoom, <laughs> thing, right? You know? yeah. Or that I remember one time years ago flying to an award show and he, I was flying because I was working in Winnipeg. So I was flying from there to Toronto and he got there first and I was so tired and it was late. And before you could even say anything, he'd open the hotel room door because he got there first. And he's like, I got mm-hmm. food for you over here. Oh, he's wow. like, here, I, I got pajamas over here. And I was just like, oh my God, I love like, oh, perfect. So yes. that would be the ultimate teammate to me is mm-hmm. my absolute rock and support system. I and get that. Yeah. Well, that's it. We always reference like it's 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 a team. It really isn't. You know, I might be front of house, so to speak, but he's the back of house for everything for me. And he's so smart. Like he coaches me on everything. He's wicked talented when it comes to story. And he's he's um he's a kick ass producer. So he's a really good human. So oh, yeah, I'm well. absolutely so lucky to have that whole group. And, you know, we've interviewed enough people who are married to where, um, you know, outside of entertainment, you really, I used to think it was the opposite. I'll be honest. I thought, I thought outside of, I thought entertainment marriages were just crap. And (laughs) yeah. Because you know, know you you listen to the media, yeah, and you you see what crazy stories. We've been interviewing so many people. We have learned that you know what? It's actually the other way around. You know, it is. You yeah, know, yeah. couple. There's a lot of couples that do like we do, where they yeah, work where together. With the yeah, entertainment. Teaming, teaming. and well, that's been amazing. Yeah. I think it really is healthy because I think. 
the one thing that your spouse really does for you is is call you on your can I say it on the <laughs> um they call you on it because they they just they know, know you me, right? they know you he, kn he knows if i'm faking it he knows if i didn't learn my lines properly he knows if i'm just not getting to where it needs to be and he'll tell me like i think right after uh, our first child was born everly i said to him you know i was frustrated i wasn't really booking a lot and he's like yeah but you're not spending the time you used to spend and that's okay. You're a mom, oh, like you're busy. Right. You need to carve out that time. And if it means, you know, maybe not watching an episode of something or maybe giving up, don't go to the gym today. Like just take that time yeah. to yeah. work. And I was like, and of course you, you never want to hear. It's like someone telling your boss, you're like, oh, you don't want to hear it. Problem. But, it, but they're right. And then you circle back to it. And it, it did make a difference for sure to get my head back in the game. But that's like, anytime yeah. I'm like, anytime I'm in that mo mode where I'm like, I'm just quitting. Her uh, first yeah. words are always like, no, you're not. Snap out of it. Yeah, totally. You're like, no, you're not. I always think too, whenever I say something like, I'm quitting, because we all do, we have those moments. Oh, yes, I wouldn't announce it if I was serious, right? Like you wouldn't say it out loud if you yeah. were serious. You would just do it. You would you, just do it. Yeah, like yeah. when you, when you, yeah, totally. Like when you decide that you're doing something dramatic, like cutting your hair, you just do it. You don't talk about it. Yeah. So and it's always like, it's like when the same when people are like, I don't give a care. I'm like, mm, if you didn't care, you just wouldn't talk about it. So it's like, yes, normally yes. when I say I'm quitting, it's like the ultimate sign that you care the most because you're just so frustrated yeah. about something. But mm -hmm. it, for me, it's gone with it always like an hour. I'm like I'm like a little retreat. That's about me. Like, rebound, yeah, yeah totally. About, about an yeah. hour, then I come back to my senses, and, and then I, I all I got to do is go back through and look at some of the guests we've had on the show, and I'm like, okay, yeah, I, I can't quit. Be great, so. Yeah, totally, <laughs> totally, totally. Because you know we want to get a Blake Shelton on the show eventually, hmm, and someday. and you know sometimes it's frustrating. It's like I'll oh, it's up. break through. I'll up with calls. <laughs> there we go. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and you know, speaking of teams and family, we have a third co-host or yes, nine-year-old that we let you? ask a few questions. Yes, yeah, yeah. so yes, Sandy's going to go. So Sandy's going to go get him and and our two and a half year old daughter. When she gets older, four or five years old, when she can talk good enough, we'll be plugging her into the show too because we are family. Just create you could just create questions like on a mat and whichever question the little kid smacks back to the question. You can totally incorporate her now. Yeah. She can hit it. And that, that, I, I like that. Just we create like a whole, have your nine-year-old create the questions, put them on the table. And then whichever one she smacks, that's it. No questions asked. <laughs> but she's part I of love it. it. What are their names? What are their names? <laughs> well, the nine-year-old is Christopher. Um, cool. So, love it. Know, and, and Caitlin is um, our daughter. Aww. I love that little kid. And she's a little Miss Diva already. And, and he'll tell you that. That's good. <laughs> like, That's good. Man. You don't want to push it over. That's good. Hi, Christopher. Hi, Lisa. So was it favorite food? What's that? Was it favorite food? My favorite food. Hmm. I'm going to say, ooh, that stuff. There's two. I love hmm. anything like authentic Mexican food. I'm such um, a geek for that. So any kind of like real talk, like not American or Canadian tacos, like real Mexican tacos um, or burritos, anything like that. I, any day of the week, but I also am really learning to love Indian food because of the spices. I, my husband loves to cook. So I, I love a good palak paneer, which is period spinach. So it doesn't sound exciting, but I love the taste of it. <laughs> So, so most people will probably agree with the Mexican thing. <laughs> so definitely Mexican. And yours? Mine is pizza. Really? What kind? Up and Roy Saunders and Supreme. He's got yeah. three faves. 
That's what yeah. I'm talking about. It's like sometimes pepperoni, sometimes salsa, and sometimes the all-out supreme. Yeah. Yeah. It's just got to have meat. You got to have yep. meat on pizza. It's weird to me when it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Right? Exactly. Cool. So what's your TV show? My favorite TV show. Ooh. Um, well, right now, I'm really into Yellowstone. <clears throat> I love it, love it, love it. But I think overall, my favorite TV show that ever existed would still be Seinfeld, which is uh, way too old for you. You're not going to know what it is. But it, mm -hmm. to this day, is like one of the best comedy series ever. So Seinfeld. And yours? Mine is SpongeBob. Sweet. Who's your favorite character? Uh, Patrick. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. I yeah. love it. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And what's been cool about our show is, again, I wish my parents would have done that, or I mean, it wasn't technology like this, but it's really cool because, you know, he watches a lot of Disney and Nickelodeon shows. So we've been able to bring a lot of people from his shows onto our show. Like re recently, yeah. we just had the big Disney star Ava Coker on. Oh, cool. And, and, you know, that was pretty cool for him to get it. So it's really cool that we get to bring people that he kind of looks up to from the TV on. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Well, yeah, yeah your parents have a pretty cool job, buddy. Yeah. Sure beats what my parents did. <laughs> Mine too. I love my parents, but again, you know, yeah, right. <clears throat> but if they had this tech, who knows where we'd be if they had this kind of technology back then? Because we wouldn't. So Sandy true. and I would have met. Because we we actually Sandy and I actually met online. Really? Yeah. Did you know? Like, when did you know she was like the keeper? We knew. Did know basically, well, well, put it to you this way: we we met online February second of '02, which was you know taboo back then. Okay. Um, we talked on the phone February 4th okay. for the first time. Okay. We set a wedding date February 18th and we Whoa. met in person March 4th. So we were meeting in person to see who we were going to marry. We just knew. No way. That's crazy. You guys need to write a movie about that. That's <laughs> but, awesome. Well, right now Hold we're on. writing a book on, on. Hold on. Hold yeah. the phone here. You guys set a wedding date like days <laughs> after you met. Six, yeah, basically 16 from the moment we chatted online, it was 16 days later. What? Oh my God. When you're ready to make that movie, you call me. This is amazing. <laughs> and, and, and to add fuel to the fires, I went through 19 years of addictions and until um, about, I've been sober almost 14 years now, but the first five years of our marriage yeah, was really hectic on her, but she was the angel that I needed to kill through all that process. She's your Nicole Kidman. You're, yep. you're, you're Keith Urban and she's your Nicole Kidman. That's amazing. So you don't need celebrities. You're basically celebrities. That's fantastic. That's awesome. Cool. Well, all right. So what's a favorite movie? Oh man. My, okay. My favorite movie of all time. And again, you're, you're so young and lovely. You're not going to know it, but my favorite movie of all time is fried green tomatoes. From That's years ago, I like Cats that. Cats and Cats. It's my favorite. It's like the best. Mine is the Minions movie. Yes. Oh man. See, how can I top that? You win. Yeah. You win, buddy. Yeah. That's yes. so good. I always think like, who, who are the actors that get to voice the Minions? Because they spend hours in the booth just going. That's the best paycheck they've ever earned. It's so good. <laughs> Bye, thanks. Bye, buddy. It's nice to meet you, Christopher. Oh, man. He's been on almost every episode. Um, He's so but yeah, great. We're, but right now we're trying to write a book 
called The Unlikely Show because this, again, we've never been in radio, never been on TV. And we yeah. feel like this is an unlikely show yeah, completely from an unlikely couple. Yeah. You know, because, you know, when you, because you just got to brand yourself as the unlikely show y'all should know. Like it just, <laughs> just put it out there in the world. That's great. <laughs> I think you guys, I think it's super cool what you've done so far. Like the fact that you said you started it like later on in terms of career wise, that's when it's exciting though. You have the life experience, you know what you want to do. It's way better when you're, think about it when you're 20, like you don't know what the hell you're doing. You literally fumble through life. You hit your 30s hoping, like, come on, this is going to work out. In the 40s, finally, you're like, okay, F it. This is what we're doing. And then exactly. Because we're both in the 40s. Yeah. And that's like last year. You know, she probably couldn't have done this in her 20s. But last year, um, through this pandemic, she had to spend four or five days in the hospital for them to remove a 14-pound fibroid. Yeah. And tell me. Tell me that he still made you do the podcast because you had episodes to put out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did it. What was it? A week after? Yeah, the week yeah, after she was ready. To next get week we were doing <laughs> shows again. Literally. Good for you. <laughs> See, you guys are going to be just fine. You're going to be just fine. I don't feel there's a lazy bone in either of your bodies. So you got this. <laughs> That's so right. cool. Uh, what are some sources of inspiration for you? Oh, Wow. Um, hmm. probably one of my biggest sources of information or information <laughs> or, uh, inspiration is a dear friend of mine. She happened, she passed away, unfortunately, about four years ago, five years ago. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh man. No, I guess it was 2015. It's almost six years. It's been six oh, wow. years. She, her name was Susan Livingston and she, mm-hmm. I met her when I was getting into the whole musical theater thing and I found oh, yeah. studio that yeah. was willing to teach older dancers and Mm -hmm. uh she was a school teacher who taught a little bit underprivileged in the little bit underprivileged area so to speak tougher it was a tougher school and so she brought her students because they really wanted to take dance classes but they didn't have anybody to take them so she brought them yeah she she paid for them and so she was just this lady that was there was a um kind of like a mom and me class. And she was just that yeah. lady that was in that class. And and just by way of, I thought she was fascinating that she was probably, you know, 15 years older than us. And and she was yeah. a little bit larger lady and, and just her zest for life and just driving these kids every week. So she uh-huh. became a really big inspiration wow. to me. She ended up dry, uh, passing away with breast cancer. She fought it oh, for a couple rounds. She was great. Mm-hmm. And then, but she, she just had this way about her of- yeah, Sandy went through cancer. Oh, yeah. At 19. 19. Right? It's just yeah. crazy. It's crazy. Well, congratulations for, for you know, coming through it with flying colors. Yeah, they but, told her she could, she probably would never have kids because of the type of chemo she had to have. And her two children. Right? Yeah, Susan Susan was just this, this she always looked at everything very glass mm-hmm. half full. And I found that really mm-hmm. inspiring. Wow. I think it's really easy to get bogged down with, with everything in life. Yes. So that would probably be one of my main focuses of inspiration. But I think also, too, just my family. My family's been through mm-hmm. a lot in terms of, you know, we have alcoholism in our family. We have uh, had a lot of people pass away just from different different yeah. reasons. And mm-hmm. through it all, my, my family, especially my parents, have been really fantastic about being really honest with us about what's going on. But then at the same time, also being very um, careful about protecting mm-hmm. us. And so... I think, yeah, I think family is a huge inspiration to me that way. 
I think career-wise, dear God, that Midler, <laughs> come on. If we could all just, that woman does everything and so well. I think that career-wise, I would say definitely Bette Midler. If, if oh, only. She's amazing. Right? Yes, cool. absolutely. Yeah. And what would you like your legacy to be as an actress and as a producer? What would you like to be most known and remembered for? Oh, wow. I've never thought about that. You guys are good at this. Um, I would say probably she was fierce, but she was fair. So because oh, I, I love and I, I'm going to butcher it. But I love that quote by Tom Hardy where he talks about, you know, some people will say I'm this way and some people will say I'm that way in terms of how you treat them. But mm -hmm. believe them both because I, I treat people how they deserve to be treated. Basically, mm -hmm. how you treat somebody is what you get back. And I think that's yeah. really fair because I'm a very fun, easygoing, playful person. But I also can be extremely direct and authoritative when I need mm -hmm. to. And I don't use yeah. that often. But, I, yeah, I would just say she was fierce, but she's always been fair. And she's fun. I'm a very <laughs> yes, fun. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I love that. And all have Fs in there. I love that. Yes. Right? That's right. F it. F all of it. That's my life. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> and if you could say anything to your fans and followers, what would you want to tell them? I'd say thank you. Thank you for, for being so great and, and sticking with me and, and the support and the love you get. I just always find it amazing when people take the time out of their day, when they don't even know you to, to send you nice things or to touch base or to check in what you're doing. There's just, mm -hmm. you can't really explain it if you haven't been somebody who's had that type of support, but it, it yeah. just, it almost takes your breath away because there's a million things other people could be doing. And the fact that they oh, take yes. the time to find out what you're doing and to, to send you words of encouragement, if they sense that something's off or to just even, you know, support, I think it's, and also sometimes I get feedback from people, you know, I liked this, but I thought that was, and I was like, mm, okay, cool. Thanks. <laughs> I actually kind of value that because it's, it's yeah. nice to keep you in check. So I would just say, thank you. Thank you. Thank because you. there's a difference between feedback and trolls. Oh, I don't, definitely. You know what? I don't bite like the trolls. I, yeah. no one cares enough about me. And to be honest, <laughs> even if they did, I think the one thing I, you know, if I had a superpower, it would be that I have a really great ability to turn off that part of my brain that worries what other people think. And I don't yeah. know. Mm -hmm. And I say that with love. Like that's not, I'm not trying to be oh, rude. Yeah. Or anything, but mm -hmm. I think that's something I just, I think it comes from sports, to be honest. Growing up playing sports, <laughs> yeah. just, they teach that. Yeah. It's you can't care. It's not about that. It's about being part yeah. of this this team. And so yeah. I'm really okay with just I've only really read something awful about myself once and then I realized never to read anything about yourself. Yes. And they, it was like when I first started, somebody made a comment about what happened to uh, Kristen Bell's face because they thought that mm -hmm. I was Kristen Bell in a poster. Oh, wow. and it was like, oh, wow. Oh, that's crazy. And I was like, what wow. did happen to her face? I don't know. But no, um, and I was like, no, I never need to read anything again. But I right. just, yeah, I just that stuff, I just don't bite because it, it yeah. it's not gonna make or break whether or not I get up in the morning. And also too, if you're right. working, you're working regardless. So it's cool Absolutely. if they like it. And if they don't, thanks anyways. There's a million other things to go watch. So yeah. You know, one of the yes. quotes I remember that kind of goes along with that that I always loved is it said, if you're rising, be humble. If you're yeah. falling, don't let it go to your heart. Totally. Because, and that's the other thing with this business is anybody who expects to never feel that sensation of things are not going well is totally out to lunch. Like you will have years that are so fantastic and, and then other years where it's like, 
did I have a career? What happened? <laughs> it's a high, it's, and I think the psychology of, of being an actor is so important. You know, the idea of it's the mental game because it's really not the work that'll drive you nuts. It's, it's the ability to just push through when things are not going well, or to be able to look at it, honestly, why they're not going well, that will yeah. make or break you having a long longevity because you'll stick in it or you'll quit, you stick with it or quit. So, mm -hmm. so what's been your hardest role to play? Ooh, um, probably, doo -doo -doo -doo. It, it depends on how you look at it. My, my hardest role that I think I ever did comedically was my very first role because I, I was brand new. I was suddenly thrown into this world with these comedic geniuses. It was called Less Than Kind. It was a comedy series. And anybody who's familiar with Superstore, I think he plays Glenn on Superstore, Mark McKinney. He, okay. uh, he was kids in the hall and he wrote for SNL. He was on SNL for a while. He's a kind of Canadian comedic treasure. He was our showrunner. And so day one, that's who's writing for you. And he's, yeah, it's just thrown into it. And so that was a tough one to kind of get my feet wet in the sense that I really wanted <coughs> to get it right. Whereas mm -hmm. looking back now, you know, the fact that you got it and they were supporting you was you, you got, you're fine. But at the time, I think it was just the anxiety and nervousness. So from a, being difficult point of view, that would have been one that took a while to ease into. But I would say probably hmm, one that was really close to home that was a little bit more challenging would probably have been when I a little indie I did quite a while ago called Prego Land, because it dealt with these sisters that had not a very great relationship. And it dealt with uh, infertility and all of that. And at the mm -hmm. time, I really didn't know what it was like to try and have a baby. It wasn't even in my world. At that time, I didn't mm -hmm. even want kids. And so that was to try to tap into that. If you're not somebody yeah. who's experienced uh -huh. that, that was, I felt like it was a little bit harder because I didn't, I wanted to do it justice, right? Yeah. Of course. Yes. That's a very common problem for women. And I didn't want to feel like mm -hmm. I was just kind of going through the motions. Yeah. So I had a lot of conversations with friends who had been through that and wow. that, which was really heartbreaking. It was very enlightening. And I think it all came out really great in the end, but to get in that mindset, I really did have to talk mm -hmm. to a lot of people. And that Being was, an actress makes yeah. you have to be more understanding to all walks Totally, totally. Yeah. You have to be. And also <laughs> you have to look at everything from a point of view of, of people's behavior and go, well, why did they do that? Like you can't just, yeah. you know, Think that that's the wrong choice. You have to try to understand why they thought There's that was the right reason. choice. Mm -hmm. Because that that really, they always say with acting, if you choose love in terms of, you know, in a scene, it's always going to be stronger. So even if they're the worst human being possible, right? Like even thinking of um, a Zach, what's his name? Oh, he was in High School Musical. He played, um, he just played a serial killer. Now it's eluding me. But uh, oh, Zach Efron. Yeah, he just played. Yeah. What's his name? The horrific guy. Oh, but he had these gorgeous blue eyes. But he was an evil monster. Oh, yes. But even when you think of something like that, like mm -hmm. you would have to try to really understand why this gentleman really felt like he yeah. was doing the right thing. And so I think as an actor, that's your job is to figure yep. out, try to understand, not figure out, but try to understand people's behavior, which makes you, I think, more compassionate humans exactly. every day because mm -hmm. I you really start to look at other people differently as opposed to maybe like in the road rage situation. If you're mad at somebody on the you know, drive, <coughs> cut you off. It's like, well, you don't know the deal. Maybe someone's in labor. Exactly. Maybe, this show know, is called They'll get us. fired if they don't get there. You don't know. Yep. And, and you know, this show has caused me, especially me to rethink the way, because I've had certain beliefs through my life and all that. And, and I've always been one of them that, that 
only focused on my beliefs, what I felt and all that. But this yeah. show has opened the door to where, okay, we have so many different people with different beliefs on yes, the show. Yes. We've From been able to dig to into their all stories yes. and, it's, and, and it's helped me become a broader person. Well, I just, yeah, there's no right way to do anything when you look at it. There's a million yep. different ways mm -hmm. to do it, but what works, just like we were talking before, but the homeschooling and all that, like what works for one doesn't always work for others. And it is sometimes, it's hard, right, to, to, to yeah. have compassion or to try to understand. But but it's especially right now where the world is like so divided. Oh, just, you yes. have to keep reminding yourself, like we figure out for you. Yeah, and just be kind. Mm -hmm. and, and, and the bad thing is you try to be kind and be compassionate. So it, you're, you look like you're, okay, directly in the middle and you yeah. get attacked from both sides. Oh, yeah. yeah can't, so that's, where you just have to, that's where you have to tune it out. Yeah, I'm sorry you feel that way. <laughs> so what's there. been your most fun role and then we'll end with one more question sure oh uh oh that was so canadian did you hear that oh uh <laughs> probably it comes out every now and then <laughs> my most fun role oh my god i had some doozies hmm the probably the latest one would have been definitely denise from love guaranteed she was just yeah. She was just a spaz in all kinds of ways. And when they first <laughs> cast it, or when they were casting it, the, the description was they were looking for somebody going through, not literally going through menopause, yeah. but somebody who could actively be going through menopause in their 50s. Okay. And they yeah. loved the character Rita off of Parks and Rec, who's a, a very large Black woman. And so when that was the description, a large Black woman going through menopause, and I was like, what oh, the God. hell am I doing going through this? So... <laughs> Those are, I love those Sorry, ones though, because those are kind of like, mm -hmm. I call them freebies where you just throw whatever you want at them. Yeah. Because at that point, you know, it's, you're basically hoping something lands, but you don't know. And so I just, I just, yeah, chose to make her the, the, wow. the day drinker who, who's got the six <laughs> at work and they went for it. And it was, <laughs> yeah. the director is so funny and such a good guy. And Sean, who played Mike co-part or cohorts at work he was just such a dream to work with and yeah so definitely denise if, if denise love could it. come back i would i would play her forever she was love, everything love that it. i'm not like she's the massive day drinker she's just <laughs> couldn't give crap about anybody you know she's great so yeah love that so let's say you had a friend of yours and you heard, and they've played maybe a few roles but small roles but they just know like you did it clicked this is it this is what I'm supposed to do. Right. What advice would you give that specific person to kind of help guide them the next few years? I would say go take as many business classes and workshops as humanly possible. Because hmm. the one thing I find that artists, actors, when they get into this, they forget that the majority of the entertainment business is business with a, eh, this much entertainment. <laughs> so if you want to be somebody who has any sense of control for your career, you have to be involved in the business part. You have to be looking at, you know, all everything from marketing to what your agent's doing for you to what happens when you're working and the choices that are made that are not personal. They're normally based on financial need. If they're cutting characters, if they're, you know, if they're, um, even the simple idea that they come to set sometimes and they take photos, if you're included in that or not, you can save yourself a lot of heartbreak and a lot of feeling crappy 
if you can just understand where the business decisions are coming from. Yeah. So even if it's just, you know, a, a couple of workshops or if you're somebody who's in university right now, get a business major. Don't quit because you get a role. Figure out how to finish that business degree. <laughs> like, it will that. save you and it will set you up for life because there's a, an actor, an agent, local agent that posted a, a clip or something on Instagram the other day. Like how old I am. I'm like a clip on Instagram. No, he posted something on Instagram and he just said, if you teach an actor to act, they'll wait for the phone. If you teach an actor to produce, they'll work forever. And it's true. Oh, wow. You want to be part of the business, involve yourself and learn business from every possible right. angle. Love that. Love that. So tell everybody how they can find you and self-promote yourself. Amazing. Uh, thank you. <laughs> the, <laughs> anything anything that I do is going to be at the Lisa. Looks like Durupt, D-U-R-U-P-T. Mm -hmm. Every handle, Twitter, Instagram. I wish I was involved more in Twitter. That's I tend to stick more to Instagram because I just find it fun. I've been told I should do the TikTok, but I'm not a TikToker. So definitely just Instagram is where you'll find what's genuine. There's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So the Lisa Drew, because apparently Lisa Daru exists in France. So don't uh -huh. not actor. The Lisa. Okay. <laughs> I love that. And you know, we really enjoyed having we you on the show today. We definitely look forward to having you back down the road. Anytime, anytime. Let me know when Blake's around. I'll I'll hop on a call. It'll be good. Sounds <laughs> great. Yeah, <laughs> we'll do. Thank you, you so much for your time. You're great. Thanks. See you soon. Okay.